Hey there, this is Ashley, your host for the Ready, Set, Depart podcast. Traveling with your family can be a disaster, but it doesn't have to be. Let's go. Hello and welcome to episode number three of the Ready, Set, Depart podcast. We are so glad you're here. Before we get started with the podcast, I just wanted to share with you one exciting thing. You see, last week I was talking to my mother-in-law about the podcast, and she was saying how much she loved it, but she's not really a podcast person. She'd rather read it. So that got me thinking there might be other people who would rather just read it than listen to it on the podcast. So our exciting announcement is we now have a website. It is just the episodes right now, but I have some fun plans. So go to www.readysetdepart.com and definitely bookmark it, but you can find all of the episodes there and all of the transcripts for the episodes. So you can just read this instead of listen. My family often jokes with me that my favorite thing about traveling is the planning. Now, this is absolutely untrue but it is a close second to the actual travel. I love finding interesting facts or great places to go. I love learning from others' experiences or mistakes, and I love knowing what I'd like to do, but I don't really like being scheduled. So let's plan a trip together today. As I see it, you can start your planning one of two ways. You can ask yourself, do I have a place in mind that I'd like to go? Or you can ask yourself, are we going to fly or drive? Traveling with your family can sometimes make flying expensive, but driving limits where you can go. So in my mind, it's a toss up. I often start out with a place in mind that I think my family would enjoy. But last year, we decided that we wanted to go somewhere new for spring break, but we were going to drive. I will admit road trips are a new thing that I do enjoy but that's because I've learned a few things about myself. I cannot be in the car for longer than three hours at a time, and I cannot drive for 14 hours in one day. It's just going to make me grouchy. With that in mind, I went to Google and I typed in nine-hour drive from Seattle, and then I went down the list. Because the internet is an amazing tool, I got plenty of places to choose from. Banff would be cool, but it was still basically winter in the mountains, so no. Glacier National Park? I love national parks, but too cold this time of year. Calgary? Hmm, at the time, getting across the border was still a little iffy, so no. Redwood National Park? Hmm, that could be interesting. Then I started looking into Redwood National Park and took the idea to my family, and that's where we spent our spring break. Maybe you have a list of places you want to go. I do. Most of them right now center around national parks because I have a goal of going to all of the major national parks in my life. But some of them are because they're beautiful or there's something fun to do there or I want to see something in person that I've only ever seen in pictures. So your first step is to figure out where you want to go. And remember, it could be the great pizza place you heard about about an hour from your house. It doesn't have to be far, and it doesn't have to be expensive. Just plan something, make some memories, and laugh together. Now we know where we're going to go. Our next step is to come up with a budget. I know that word can be scary, but it doesn't have to be exact. You can estimate a few things, but it's nice to know just about how much you're going to need to spend or save. 
travel tip. If you're planning a cruise or a European vacation, someplace far away like that, give yourself plenty of time to plan. Cruises should be planned at least six months in advance, and a year is probably better. I like to plan our big overseas adventures the same way. There are a couple of reasons why. First, then you'll have something to look forward to, right? But second, you'll be able to choose where you're going to stay easier. Things sell out. Cruises, the verandas sell out quickly. So if you book so far in advance, you'll be sure to get where you want to be. And third, you can have some time to save because you'll know how much it is and normally you can make payments. So that's a really great way to plan for some of those bigger travel destinations. Okay, if you're flying, don't forget to add in transportation. If you have littles, it's hard to just take public transportation, but it's doable, especially depending on the city. Remember, kids don't need car seats in buses and trains, though it always made me feel uncomfortable. If you're going to be renting a car, you can also rent a car seat. Here's a travel tip. Those rentable car seats are not always the cleanest. Personally, I'd rather pack the car seat on the plane than use a rental. I did find a great thing on Amazon when we were traveling with car seats. It's a bag specially designed for car seats, so then it doesn't get as dirty when it gets thrown on the plane. The next question you ask yourself is, how many days are you going to go? Is it going to be a long weekend or are you going to be there for a week? Is it just a day thing? Remember, flights are often cheaper if you stay over a weekend and fly in the middle of the week. I will say, though, right now, flight prices are a little crazy, and the old rules don't always apply. But that's how it used to be, and hopefully we'll be again soon. All right, we have our flight figured out, or how much gas we're going to need. We know how we're getting around. We have a place to stay. Remember, if you're going to be there a few nights, always look into a vacation rental. I found that they are often the same price as hotels, and you'll have way more rooms. All the boring stuff is now done. Now on to the best part, planning what to do there. There are so many amazing ways to find out the best things to do in the world. Here are my favorites. Number one, I used to love a good old-fashioned travel book. Frommer's has always been my favorite. But I feel like this way of researching is going out of style fast because how often they have to update the books. I would rather check it out from the library than buy it, but the library books are often out of date. It's a good place to start, but it's no longer my favorite place to find information. Number two, podcasts are a new and fun way to learn about a place. And the best part is you can listen to them while you're doing other things. I mean, if you wanted to find out some interesting things about the Big Island, you just have to go to episode two of Ready, Set, Depart podcast. Number three. YouTube is getting higher on my list of places I go to find out what is fun to do in new places. I'm a very visual learner, so seeing places is so much better for me. Take, for instance, when I was planning our Big Island trip. I kept reading about two steps for snorkeling. It sounded amazing. You step down two steps in the reef, and there you are, in deep enough water to see some really amazing things. I don't know about you, but when I'm done snorkeling, I'm not feeling like climbing back up two steps on a slippery reef, but I couldn't find anywhere that talked about how you got out of two steps. So I went to YouTube and I found a video someone had done of their trip to two steps and they showed how you could swim around to a sandy beach to come back in. Perfect. 
But I also saw when I was watching that video that the area would be too much for Trooper. So we didn't end up going. Number four is Instagram. Instagram is not just for pictures of your food. You can find a ton of interesting things on Instagram. When I know we're going somewhere, I'll often search for an account that talks about hidden things. But the cool thing about Instagram is once the algorithm figures out that you want to see something, it will suggest more accounts like that. So you'll get a lot of information that way. And like I said, I'm a visual learner. Just note, I have not used Facebook the same way, but I do know there are a ton of groups on Facebook. So search where you're going and you'll probably be able to find something. Number five, and now for my all-time favorite place to find information about a destination, Pinterest. Oh, how I love Pinterest. Type in New York City with kids and see what you find. It is so awesome. Now a word of warning, or maybe this is a travel tip. People can put whatever they want on the internet. So if I find something that's new, I wait to get excited until I see it in a couple of places. That way I know for sure it'll be fun. And here's a bonus place I go to do research about a place we're going. Google Maps. I love to take a look at where my vacation home is and then look around there for good places to eat or things to do. We've never been disappointed in the restaurants we've gone to when we find them on Google Maps and read the reviews. When you're traveling with kids, or adults for that matter, it's good to get a general idea of what everyone wants to do. That's not to say everyone has to do the same thing all the time, but you can plan in a way to make everyone as happy as possible. Here are some things we found the whole family has loved. Number one, geocaching. I'm going to let Trooper explain what geocaching is, but we have found some pretty beautiful places in this world when we've gone geocaching. Number two, adventure labs. This is like geocaching, but you're searching for information rather than a thing. We've only done one so far, but we thought it was really fun. Number three, junior ranger programs. This is not just for the big national parks. You can pick up a junior ranger booklet at hundreds of places. I'll add the list to the show notes. Number four, things that might stretch us a bit. Being on a trip allows you the opportunity to do something that you might not do otherwise. We've gone mud bugging in Kauai, we went to a farm in Ireland, and we panned for gold in Alaska. Why not try something new? But travel tip, always pay attention to how old the people should be. Like sometimes you'll see things that are for eight and up or the mobility issues needed. Like I said, if we when we travel with our parents, sometimes we need to keep that in mind. Now that you've planned all of this fun stuff to do, where do you store it? Well, let me tell you. I used to print everything out and stored it in an accordion file. It was nice to have all the information in one place, but I didn't like wasting the paper and ink. So then I went to Google Drive. You can store PDFs and docs, even budget spreadsheets in your Google Drive folder. And the coolest part is you can access it from anywhere as long as you have an internet connection and you remember your password. Now, my favorite way to store all of my information is Trello. Trello is a program that you can use for free that makes it really easy to store information. Write yourself to-do lists and even keep notes on things you want to do. Check it out at www.trello.com. And no, this is not an affiliate post. Well, do you feel like you're ready to plan your next adventure? 
We sure hope so. And now it's time for Troopers Tips for Kids. Hey guys, have you heard about geocaching? My parents have been geocaching since before I was born, so I've grown up doing it. Basically, your parents download an app, sign up for a free account, and then you go out and search for treasure. Well, not always treasure, but most of the time you'll find a box or something with a log to write in and things to trade. It's so much fun. My best tip for geocaching is to remember not to yell out when you find it. You don't want muggles, that's what geocachers call non-geocachers, to find a prize by mistake. Have your parents go to www.geocaching.com to sign up. That's Troopers Tips for Kids today. Peace out! Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, be sure to share it with your friends or even leave a review so others can find it. Follow us on Instagram at ready.set.depart. This is Ashley with Ready, Set, Depart. Remember, traveling with your family can be a disaster, but it doesn't have to be. See you next time.